<clears throat> All right, three, two, one. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Mouth and Off Sports Show, the flagship show here. As we have our other shows under the Mouth and Off umbrella, Fixing to Talk Sports, hosted by Ryan Brown, who is joining me here today. The Cool Zone, hosted by Nick Brown and Jonathan Sullivan, talking basketball and Celtics. And, of course, the Foxborough Files, hosted by Dan Roach, Mike Ayula, and Zach Lacey. Catch all of those, follow them on Twitter in the description in the pod. And Ryan... Welcome. How are we doing? Dad, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's good to have the Mouth and Off show in some form today, yeah. uh, even if it's only half the crew. Yep. But uh, it's it's going to be a good time. Let's get it. Yeah, let's do it, man. Uh, so we're going to start off with uh, Patriots and Dolphins and a week one NFL preview here. Uh, just the appropriate way, the Mouth and Off way to get back into the swing of things. And... A big game and a big day in Patriots history. Mac Jones is the new NFL uh, NFL Patriots starter. The guy to replace Cam Newton. I was not sure who it was going to be uh, before the draft. I was just hoping they take somebody. Take anybody. And Mac Jones falls into their lap at pick number 15 in the first round. And he beats out Cam Newton uh, in the quarterback competition here. And he's named the week one starter. Cam gets cut. And you got Brian Hoyer, uh, Jared Stidham at least, as your backups. And, you know, I like the spot they're in. I'm glad they did it now. I'm glad they didn't wait. Because I think waiting could have just brought in a whole nother can of worms if Cam plays kind of decent the first few weeks. You're going to feel more obligated to stick with him. Even if Cam's ready, like it just becomes more of a weird situation in that room the more Mac progresses. So I'm just happy they did it, man. I'm happy. And I know you're not. You're the biggest Cam guy I know by far. Like not even close. I don't even – I've never met anybody who likes Cam or a, a quarterback that's not on the Patriots as much as you. So, I mean, you're, you're going through it a little bit. I know. You, you wanted more for your guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad the Patriots drafted a quarterback in the draft. I'm glad that if it, you're, when they got Mac Jones, they didn't trade up and have to trade away more draft assets to get him. They got Mac fell to him 15, so that's I think that's a solid value pick there. Um, but yeah, I was really hoping that Cam would have the opportunity to sort of a second chance to show that last year kind of just he that last year wasn't what he could be like we saw in the first three games what he could be and that was a very solid starting quarterback in the nfl maybe the wins weren't there i mean there were two and two and one in the first three stretch yeah they they beat miami they beat the raiders and they lost the close one on sunday night football to the seahawks and then it went downhill from there when he got covid and once he came back off the covid list he was a just a complete dumpster fire. Uh, obviously, you would have liked to have him figure it out at some point, and he just never did. So you're not sure whether the first three games were the fluke or whether it was the last. I mean, you have to kind of mm-hmm. assume it was the, the, fu- the stretch where he played way more than the first couple of games. Right. But I was, of, I'm, I was of the assumption that, or not so much the assumption, but I was of the mindset that I wanted to give him one last chance, give him one more opportunity with this gig, Give Mac Jones some time to you know get adjusted to the NFL life, 
Um, learn the playbook. Learn learn under Cam Newton, a former NFL MVP, and <laughs> just yeah, you're not wrong. and not kind of force Mac into the fire, so to say, and let him. And when the time comes, you give him that chance. Now you get rid of Cam, and it's it's the Mac show. It, and that there's no doubt about it because you're not turning to Stidham, you're not turning to Hoyer without injuries getting in the way. No way yeah. So it's it's Max show to row to run. And if and my only concern now is if if he falls flat on his face, which if if Bill's cutting Cam and turning to Mac right off the bat week one, I I assume he believes that will not be the case. But should he struggle? And struggle mightily out of the gate. You have no one to turn to. You're not because you can't. You can't turn to Brian Hoyer. You can't turn to Stidham because that that just means that Mac Jones is not ready, and you are declaring him to essentially be a bust if you bench him. And so you're riding and dying with Mac Jones. Truly, yeah. It's 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 feet to the fire, and it's the exact opposite of Bill's approach with Cam and any you know Jared Stidham, the young uh, QB at the time. Uh, Bill's approach last year was, oh, Cam got COVID, I'll start Hoyer against, you know, Kansas City. And obviously, you know, he maybe, you know, may have been protecting Sidham at the time, but I think his approach with Mac just shows you leaps and bounds where Mac Jones is compared to Stidham, even in Sidham's, what, third year now. And I think that says a lot. Like, Sidham, again, was not this highly touted, you know, guy coming out of college. He's, what, fourth-round pick. So you weren't expecting him to be the guy. But... Mac Jones at the 15th pick, you know, if there's anybody that's going to take over a guy like Cam Newton and obviously bumps along the road, probably didn't help him with, you know, him being out for the five days with the COVID protocol recently. But if there's anybody that's going to do it, it's going to be a guy that's taken in the first round, uh, something Bill's never done in his tenure with the Patriots. So it's, it's, it's his show, like you said, and for the whole season. I mean, I, I just don't see... I don't see an instance unless they really think he's like hurt or if he's, you know, his development it will be, con- you know, damaged if they leave him in there. That's the only way. But I think there's too much around this team defensively um, for Mac Jones to be able to, to float. Maybe not be a pro bowler, but do enough so that they are better than they were last year. And I, they have to be better than they were last year because if they're not, then this is already off to a horrible start. With all the money they spent, and the way it seems like they feel about uh, some of their rookies in this draft class, especially Mac Jones, Josh McDaniels cannot get himself enough. Anytime you see him on camera, they are buddy-buddy side-by-side. So, like, you know, that's great. That's great. Let's just hope it translates to on the field, especially this Sunday against the Dolphins, against a former teammate of his, Tua, uh, quarterback of the Dolphins, of course. They're coming to Foxborough to open up the season. And, of course, as last night, Brady all over the face of so Pat's fun. nation uh, beats the Dallas Cowboys on the opening night of the NFL season, which was, yeah, it's always just bittersweet to see, in my opinion. Uh, you like to see it, but I, it also just hurts. <laughs> but so he's back to doing that. Gronk looks like a pro bowler again, all of a sudden. Um, so there's a lot going on. Let's hope the Patriots respond, right? And I think Belichick, like, this is such a huge year for him. Like, I think he still gets breathing room, man, but, like, this is really, like, all right, we spent through the nose 
and you got your guy in the first round or whatever and now it's here it is like this is this is now like the next phase and if it fails like that it's just the pressure's on big time yeah last year your first year without tom brady you bring in cam newton to try and fill those shoes to some degree mm -hmm. and it doesn't work out you finish seven and nine which is probably better than they should have finished given how dreadful the offense was at times especially late in the season um and then you you look at now you after this offseason like you said they spent through the roof yeah. to make improvements so much. on offense and as well as defense i mean they they brought in some guys on defense as well uh to supplement the guys that are going to be coming back from the covid holdout yeah from last year and then so you look at the offense right and i'm obviously looking most forward to seeing how those new guys, those new playmakers on offense at wide receiver and tight end are going to do this season, especially in their, in their debut against the, against the Dolphins this Sunday. You, we didn't have the, the Patriots just didn't have the weapons last year around Cam Newton, but Cam Newton still played terrible for the most part himself. He did flash. I mean, he, he did flash. And, and the fact that, again, he was able to do what he did and they were seven and nine. They could have easily been four and you know four and twelve that year. Yeah, and but now you bring in guys like Nelson Aguilar, who's very hit or miss. You bring in a guy like Kendrick Bourne, who is a very speedster guy in the slot. Um, it, it, you supplement that to Jacoby Myers, who's developed very nicely uh, in his brief uh, tenure with the Patriots. He has, yeah, for sure. And now you bring in. A pair of very capable tight ends, as injury-prone as they are, they are very capable when they are on the field and healthy in Hunter Henry and John R. Smith. If you can get those two to be healthy for most of the season, because I'm, I'm just going to say it, they're probably going to get hurt at one point or another. There's no way around it. Yeah. Their track records speak for themselves. But if you can get them, keep them healthy for the most part, and get solid play from the other skill position, I really think the offense could take a big leap this year. But it all depends on how quickly Mac Jones is able to develop as a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't, you know, agree more on those points. And including this, I want to bring up the offensive line, too. Because, like, we saw how good they were in 2018 when they had Trent Brown. He's now back in the fold. And he's still a very good player. I mean, I don't think... Like, obviously, I think he had some lack of motivation in Oakland. But coming back here, it's just different. And I think he's in a spot where, you know, he can get that offensive line or be a big part of why, you know, they can be a successful team on offense. Because, again, the best thing I, you know, I think you can give a young quarterback is, you know, just the least amount of hits and uh, pressure as possible. I mean, you want him to feel it sometimes, but, like, you don't want him out there getting sacked 40 times. Yeah, they can't make a play on their ass. Yeah. So, so I mean, Patrick Mahomes found that out firsthand in the Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah, 100. <laughs> that was, even Mahomes couldn't escape no. all of that. So that's that's how you know how important having that kind of unit um, for your offensive line is. And, of course, you want Damian Harris to be able to run the ball. You want to be able to do some more with uh, Stevenson as well in the backfield and White. So, that's just already a good sign to me is, is that like I, I think the offensive line is going to be a pillar as well as the defense. And so if you can sprinkle in everything else around there, you're going to have a pretty solid team. It's just whether like Mac Jones is truly ready. And 
you know, it's a it's a big call for for Bill to make to cut Cam at the very end of the preseason like that, and that's kind of making a statement. So, what do you think are reasonable expectations for Mac Jones in his debut? Not you can go into the season yeah. as well, but at least in this season opener, going against a Dolphins team, Brian Flores, former defensive coordinator for the oh, Patriots, right. knows the system, like. How do you think Mac Jones will fare in his debut? So I, I think overall he's not going to do anything that's going to cost them the game. And that's something you can say about so many game managers, whatever. But like early on, like we, we see it with a lot of guys that have his kind of skill set that they, their success comes a lot when they're not hurting the team offensively. If he can move the ball, make, check, uh, make proper checkdowns, maybe take a shot here and there, which I think he will. You saw it in the preseason. Um, and I think you're going to see a little bit of that too on Sunday, uh, because I think he's in a spot where you're going up against a Dolphins team that still has a lot to prove and Tua, who realistically hasn't still found his true footing, I feel like. So this is a nice landing spot, I think, for Mac Jones to start. A lot of people, uh, were saying, you know, start Mac Jones until, you know, through the Pats game. So you take that off of the table, like, you know what? Like, if you think the kid's ready, then let's get it started now. Because this is a good week one at home against the Dolphins. It, you know, it's going to be a nice day. Like, it's just all kind of like, you know, a good situation is lining up for Mac Jones to be to be able to start off on the right foot and not have any, like, major blow-ups. I don't think he's in a spot where that's going to happen. And I think the game plan, too, they're... They're going to really try to make sure this gets off to a good foot. So do you think he'll develop into more of like a playmaker or a game manager? I think his ceiling is like a guy that is mobile enough where you don't want to let him on an island where he can get first downs and he can make a little bit of stretches here because he's not a slow guy. He's just not going to he's not going to break your ankles. But I think he has the chance to be a playmaker because I think he can make those throws. Like, yeah, you know, you can say all those guys at Alabama were, you know, all-time great athletes. They are. I mean, Devonta Smith, Waddle, of course. But at the same time, if guys are open, if there's throws to be made, I think he can make them. I don't know how tight, how accurate his ceiling is for, you know, precision, being able to hit really, really tight windows. But I think that he has that ability to be a Pro Bowl type guy, and he's not going to be like a statue, because mm-hmm. that's where like it's all like up here, it's all in your brain at that point. But he seems like a very smart guy. I mean, Rob Nikovich even said that he was teaching, helping Cam Newton with the playbook, which whether you want to take that with a grain of salt or what, you know, it's still yeah. remarkable to kind of hear. Yeah, I I think I would agree. I think just based on where he is going to be developing through his rookie contract, presumably with the Patriots, that that's one of the best places you can develop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no question about it. Then you look at the the talent that he has been surrounded with. And yes, they haven't this is a lot of new guys who've been brought into this offense and we don't know what it's gonna look like uh come Sunday. But I do think that the ceiling could be playmaker, and to what degree of a playmaker, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to become a superstar. I don't know if he's just going to be a solid veteran quarterback that can make plays. I don't know if he's just going to be a, a guy that just is a, is a quintessential game manager who doesn't make mistakes, but he's not able to really make a make or break 
your team in terms of success. He, he'll keep you in games, but he's not going to win you games. He won't lose them either. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Only time will tell. I think early on, the expectations for Max should be that hopefully, at the worst, he can be a solid game manager. He can put you in good positions to win football games and keep you from being the reason why that your team lost. Um, and hopefully over time, maybe even as the season progresses, you'll see him become a, a difference maker for this team. I don't know how long it'll take. Hopefully, for our team, yeah. <laughs> it'll be sooner than later. It's Yeah, and I, I, think, I think just a lot of like the theme with him this year, I just think is going to be... Is going to be making the throws that that he's capable of making. Like I, I just I, I think he seems like a, a guy that's that's well coached. Obviously, Alabama, Saban, uh, Dayball, I believe was there when Jones was there as well. And he's a guy that is able to take coaching. And you know he's not going to try to be the hero. He's not going to try to play hero ball, especially his rookie year. And like I th- still think a style that he plays or that he will play is still viable in the NFL. I don't think you have to be Pat Mahomes to, you know, to succeed in the NFL and to win Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do it that way, but also, you know, it's nice when your guy isn't getting in the line of fire quite as much and he's sort of protected and he knows when to take his spots. He knows when to take his shots. Mm -hmm. And I like a quarterback like that. I think that's what he's going to ultimately, you know, ultimately end up being. So I think signs are pointing, you know, at least in the right direction going into Sunday. And that's all you can hope for with this Patriots team. Um, And, yeah, it's all systems go from here uh, for the New England Patriots and Mac Jones. So some big shoes to fill. And another game added to the season, too. This 17-game season, let's hope, you know, the kid can hold up as well because the options other than him aren't very good. No, they don't, they, they don't exist. <laughs> they, it's, it's Mac Jones or bust. They are, they are not very good at all. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I like this. I like this. It's a good start. And then, obviously, they have Brady and the Bucks week four. That's going to be uh, – that's just going to be insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. That's I, gonna be quite the atmosphere to say the least. Yeah. I, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know. It's it's literally insane. But we're gonna get into some other games that we're looking into for week one. Nothing crazy, but you know, we also do our mortal mortal locks and our fancy love and hate for the week as well, and we'll have that too. But you know, to start off, um with the slate in general. I'm really looking forward to see the Packers come out against the Saints and what the Saints look like without Drew Brees at home. Or, sorry, not at home. Uh, wow. They'll be the home team, but they ain't they're not playing, playing in New Yeah, because of Ida. So uh, I'm really interested. Jameis and Taysom Hill, that's going to be something to see. Uh, Tamis ba- uh, Tamis. Jameis back in a starting role. And Aaron Rodgers with his, you know, summer of fake retirement uh, or fake trades. Uh, he comes back and looks like he's ready to go with one more year in Green Bay. So I just think that's – both of those storylines are kind of cool to me. So I like to see that week one. Um, that should so definitely be one of the top games this this week. I mean, you look at the Packers being 
going all the way to the NFC Championship last year. The Saints are perennial contenders. Will they be able to to keep that kind of predecessor going this year without Drew Brees running the show on offense? What, like you said, what does Jameis look like as a starting quarterback? We've seen glimpses of in the preseason that maybe he's turned the corner and he can be uh, he can be something for the Saints and try and do his best to fill in the shoes of Drew Brees. But I, I don't. It, that's that's more of a wait and see for me because yeah. you know what we last time we saw Jameis Winston he was busy throwing thirty five <laughs> touchdowns and thirty interceptions. Hey man, he just he just needed to see and he can see now so we know that and you know so it's yeah I'm glad he's always getting another shot because like the talent he's got the, the arm talent it's just like just don't throw so the many decision interceptions. It's, al- it's always been the decision yeah, making yeah. for him. Um, but it, even for, on the Green Bay side of things, you, you look at how, what position Aaron Rodgers has put that team in, and this is basically a, a do-or-die year. It's all or nothing. All the chips have been moved to the table. You're, you're saying this is more or less it for me in Green Bay. I want to become a free agent next year. I want to be able to decide where I play next year. And presumably, it won't be Green Bay. It, it might be, but if he's trying to work his way out, presumably... He this is this is it. Yeah. And he's gonna want to go out with a bang. And if they if they start off with a loss to New Orleans at a neutral site against Jameis Winston, that that does not bode well for the Green Bay Packers no. going forward. Obviously it's just one game, but in the NFL, every game matters. So if you start off losing a neutral game to a team that's breaking in a new starting quarterback, granted it was one that was on their roster last year, but still, I I think that if the Packers do not come away with a win here against the Saints, that'll say more about their outlook for this year than the Saints. Yeah, you can't... You, you just... You just can't lose to a Drew Breesless Saints after that offseason. I mean, you can. I mean, you if, can't. If, no, you if can't. If Jameis plays well, that defense is still loaded. If Jameis? They if, just traded for a top corner in Bradley Roby from the Texans. If Jameis can just, like, keep the ship afloat until, uh, you know, Michael Thomas comes back, I mean. Yeah. Because then, then you're just open. Like, that's just a talent. I mean, you know, Jameis played with Mike Evans, but, like, Michael Thomas is like ridiculous and just a different level than yeah. than Mike Evans. And also, like you know, if Jameis comes out, beats the Packers, looks great week one, I might be on the Saints train. I might, I might just I'm, hop on. I'm still on the Saints train. Like I still think this is a very good team. But you also have to look at it as as okay, Jameis Winston hasn't started an NFL game in years, and he it doesn't have. His best wide receiver. The Saints have always been a one-receiver team. Uh, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders last year did his best to try and be that second guy, but it was so hit or miss from him. There was just no consistency from him. Uh, He just couldn't find himself uh, consistently with the Saints. And so now you you lose Jared Cook. I don't know how much of a loss that is, but you lose Jared Cook as your tight end. Now you're kind of working with a lot of breaking in a lot of unproven 
characters on offense with Michael Thomas out, Mike, uh, Jared Cook off to greener pastures. And so you're looking at some a lot of new faces to work with on that New Orleans offense. Yes, you still have Alvin Kamara, who is a stud, but the rest of it remains to be seen. So if if New Orleans is able to put up points with the weapons they have currently, that's a scary thought. Yeah. Yeah, because then you just know they're only going to get better. And yeah, you know that Jameis at least has the he has the ability. It's whether he can put it together. And also, you know, he's with a new team, and he's been around new coaching, and he was under one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in this generation ever. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Time will tell on that one as well. And I don't know what you have personally for any, like, must-watch, but for me, this is must, must, must-watch. You know, for and me... I, hold on. I, I got one more I got to slip in, because I don't think you're going to take it. No. I just want to slip this in real quick. Browns at Chiefs. My Browns. Six off. Browns. The Chiefs. Are you yes. in or are you out on the Browns? I'm this, I'm this in. Year? I'm in because you know what? All right, well, they, let me let me cut you off. That's fine. This time. Okay. So now we're even. We're even. But over under two and a half times you flip-flop on the Browns this year. Under. Knocked Under. Mm, Firm. Firmly I don't know, under. Chief. Firmly under because they're going to be a playoff team again like they were last year. Okay. Well, you flip-flopped like three times last year. But this time, I've seen the light. <laughs> okay. I got, ba- you know. All right. You know, Baker's, Baker's going to be good. That's all I'm going to say. I got sources on that. Ba- Baker's going to be dangerous. <laughs> we shall see. It's going to be, that should be an electric season opener. Cleveland has one of the most talented rosters in the league. Kansas City, the defending AFC champions. They've been in the Super Bowl back-to-back years. Patrick Mahomes is is one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in quite some time. Sure is. Um, and you know that offense is still going to be electric. I I definitely can't wait to see that one. Um, should be a fun one. Points should be flying off the board, uh, or on the board, rather. But the game that I am actually looking forward to is Buffalo versus Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah? The reason I say that is because I have my doubts. And if you've listened to Fix and Talk Sports, you know that I am down on Pittsburgh this year because I am out on Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, I don't like that, man. I think, I think he's, he's about to fall off a cliff. And, yeah, you can say, oh, you know, anyone could say that, you know, whatever. And I'm just throwing a dart at a board and seeing if it sticks. But he's already had his arm give out on him once. And now, at, at this age, he's, I, I really think this is, this is it for him. And if he comes out and Buffalo exposes him, I, I think that's not going to... <laughs> I don't think that's going to be a good showing or for what the season is going to have for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Big Ben really needs to come out of the gates hot. Otherwise, it's going to be up. Is, is, the, is the window closed on the 
Ben Roethlisberger era in Pittsburgh. And yeah, you're right because like e- even if he can, like how long can he sustain it? I mean, they started off eleven and zero last year, and then what happened? Fall they, off a cliff, literally. So it's like, and their backup to him. I mean, their backup plan there. Like you're not gonna they have, don't have a, one. <laughs> well, exactly. You're not gonna have a you know a, you have a good team, but like you're not gonna have a Super Bowl. Uh, contending team if Big Ben can't be Big Ben. You know, if he can't be, like, what he was in the first 11 weeks of last year, which, again, it only lasted 11 weeks. So that, yeah, that's... And, you know, for me, I want to I wanna see how Josh Allen, you know, if if last year is, you know, sort of um, the outlier, you know, of his career, or if he's on this upward trend... And I think it's I, I I personally think it's the latter. I think him and the Bills are on an upward trend. You give him a guy like Stefan Diggs to throw to, and they made freaking magic all year long. Like every single week, it just felt like both of those guys were clicking on all cylinders. And mm-hmm. Bills Bills I think are going to be scary. It's going to be a tough, tough, tough two games for the Pats and any team really that's going up against them and their D. So yeah. Yeah, that that one's that definitely one to watch too, and my Browns, of course. So, we definitely love that. Um, yeah, I like again like these these like must watch games. Like they 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 develop much better, obviously, over the course of the season. You know, when you're seeing things actually play out. But those are definitely a, a few other than Pat's Dolphins that definitely have my my interest peaked for sure. Um, and all the games, honestly, I'm just happy football's freaking back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, real quick, I mean, there are, yeah. are plenty of other games to look forward to, too. I mean, you, you look at the Rams playing Chicago on Sunday night football, Matt Stafford making his debut True. in L.A. What's that offense going to look like? Is it, is it, is it, is Stafford really going to make the difference for the Rams or is it just going to be more of the same for that team where they're just, they just can't get, over the hump of that Super Bowl loss to the Patriots a couple of years ago, they can't get back to right. get can't get back to that spot. Uh, you, you look at uh, Seattle and Indianapolis. Carson Wentz is he going to be good to go for Week One uh, with his new team in sure. Indy? And then is Seattle? I mean, they're in a loaded division in that NFC West with the Rams, the Forty ers and the Cardinals. That's probably going to be the toughest division in the NFL this year. It's, Seattle's going to want to come out and sh- show a good showing, right? Uh, definitely in their season opener against a a pretty solid indie squad uh, that made the playoffs last year with Philip Rivers leading the campaign there. And uh, I mean, there's there's you could go around the league and and there's there's something to look forward to in just about every game. There's yeah, and, and that's why. You know the the NFL is so good at being a storyline all year, is that it is a constantly evolving storyline, and the preseason is a great precursor to uh, to all of that because you get guys get cut like Cam Newton or you know guys stay like Andy Dalton and things have to develop and you don't know when you're going to see some guys and you know a team like the Forty ers Jimmy G like what happens there does he start the whole year or does Trey Lance somehow creep his way. Jimmy G's been injury prone in his career. Trey Lance could definitely see the field this yeah. year. So a lot to watch for. There's a there's a lot to watch for. It's gonna be an exciting week one. Like 
Cannot wait for Red Zone. Red Zone is going to be an absolute movie. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, so just going to be a great, great week of football yeah, and a start to a new era again for the Pats. So I feel like it's time for our mortal locks. I was thinking the same thing. I was, and I'm so happy for my mortal lock because <laughs> I started off last year hot, and you know who knows how it would have played out if. We had done every single week, but uh, this time, you know, I, I'm i trying to go a lot of dogs. I'm just trying to go uh, as much as I can, um, underdogs only, and I think... Is that your lap dog bias coming out? Maybe a little bit. I mean, maybe that's why I thought of it. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely a good possibility of that, but um, if you want to go first, um, yeah. the floor is yours. So I'm looking at the board this week, right? You you don't you're not really sure how to treat it because you don't know what, a heck of a lot about each team. You can only look at what you've seen from the preseason from previous years and just look at the lines and say, "Well, I think that's a steal and I think there is one that is definitely a steal." Oh, me too. At least based off of last year. And I think it should carry over into this year. And that would be Cincinnati Bengals plus three against the Minnesota Vikings. The Bengals were 9-7 against the spread last year in 2020. They were a... They had a winning record against the spread. And that was without Joe Burrow for six games. They were so hard to pick. I could not pick them. And meanwhile, the Vikings... Were like one of the worst teams against the spread. I hate the Vikings. Six and ten. It was one of the worst records. Only only one other team had a worse record. That was the Dallas Cowboys. They were five and eleven against the spread. So I look at this. Joe Burrow is back on the saddle. He's got a plethora of weapons. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. Uh I mean if if that O line can hold up, which that remains to be seen. But if, if that O-line can hold up, this team should put up points. I don't know about the defense, but they should put up points, and they should be able to hang tight. Minnesota kind of don't really – they're no, you know, they're like a rock in a hard place. I don't know what to make of the Minnesota Vikings this year. They're capable of putting up points, uh, whether it's on the ground with Dalvin Cook or through the air to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thieland. But I, I don't uh, – it's, their defense is very suspect uh, as well, and I think this should be a really close game. And I, I like Cincinnati to, at the very least, cover the, the three points. And it's a bold pick. Honestly, I would prefer to just take them straight up. I think they'll win the game. Um, but I'll take Cincinnati plus three. It's an admirable uh, first pick of the season. I, I like it. I like it, and I... I'm horrible at picking the Bengals, so I would take anybody's advice on the Bengals other than my own. That's just just how it goes. I don't think I picked them right once at all last year. So um, for me, I'm going with like, – I don't even know why this line is what it is. I don't know why the hype is on this team the way I feel like it is at times. Uh, the Tennessee Titans at um, the Arizona Cardinals. So um, – you know, uh, I'm sorry, Arizona at Tennessee. So yeah. Arizona's on the road. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. I do not believe in the Titans. 
I think they're a good team. I think they're going to be in the playoff mix. But I see the Cardinals as just such a higher ceiling on their team overall. Their quarterback can make much more throws, much more of a playmaker. And Don't tell Zach Lacey that. It's just true. <laughs> and it's just true. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins, there's a lot there. Like their defense, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But I don't think this is going to be an extremely hard game uh, for that. Obviously, on the run, Derrick Henry's a nightmare, but. I just don't think the Tennessee Titans deserve to be favorited by three in this game. So I'm going to roll with Arizona Moneyline. Take the Cardinals Moneyline. That's my mortal law because, yeah, I just don't. Just a confidence like this is just a feel. I don't see the Titans, even at home, winning week one against Arizona. And Kyler Murray, I think, is going to have a really big year. So I'm kind of banking on that as well. It's a solid pick. Yeah. It's a bold one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I like the dogs, you know, <laughs> big dog guy. Just, you know, kind of how it is. But, yeah, yeah, so that's where I'm at there. And Ryan's uh, pick of the Bengals, plus three and a half, right? Plus three. Plus three. So, those are the mortal locks for Ryan and I. And we're going to move on to fantasy love and hate. And, you know, this one's, for me, like, I'm kind of shooting in the dark just because, like, I... Like, I'm trying to stay away from obvious ones, you know, and I'm thinking of a lower-end guy on the tight end scale who happens to play for the Patriots. Uh, I think it's going to be – I think both tight ends for the Patriots are, are going to have a solid week, but I think Johnny Smith will have the better week. I think he's more likely to get a TD catch. So if you're in a league where, you know, you got options but you want – you're not sure whether or not Johnny's going to have a good week. I think he's a guy that will be involved in that offense. And Hunter Henry as well. But those two guys, especially with Nelson Aguilar, I believe is doubtful right now. And uh, yeah, yeah, on the wide receiver side. So no Aguilar. I, I think the Titans will be featured heavily in the offense. My fantasy love for week one is T. Higgins. The wide receiver from Cincinnati. So I'm kind of doubling down on yeah. the Bengals for week one. I respect it. He has Joe Burrow back quarterback, and they had such a good report with each other yeah. in the 10 or 11 games they played with each other last year. And then they're going up against a Minnesota pass defense that allowed the fourth most points to wide receivers in 2020. I think Joe Burrow plus a poor pass defense equals money for – Cincinnati receivers and with Jamar Chase playing the way he's been playing this this preseason I think you can I think the guys that you want to kind of hone in on for this week at least if you're doing daily fantasy T Higgins Tyler Boyd and if I had to pick one of the two I'm going with T Higgins because I think he'll get a bunch of red zone looks if the Bengals are able to get into those situations but I like T. Higgins this week a lot. You're all in on uh, Cincy this week. I I like it. I like it a lot. It's probably not a good idea because I mean, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. But, but hey, hey, yeah. If, if Burrow's gonna be healthy and like, look, they they have Joe Burrow, so they have a chance. But again, like, if you can stay healthy, and then Jamar Chase, if he can hold on to the ball, then they're gonna be in good shape. Uh, and Joe Joe Mixon too. I mean. <laughs> It's his year, any year now. Um, Literally. Yeah, but 
I'm going to roll on over to Fantasy Hate. And, you know, this is a guy I used to have in, you know, a league or two in my day. And he's good. I Obviously, you should have him as probably your starter. Um, but be very weary. Like, this guy, early on last year, um, and I think could be another repeat this year uh, because of all of the running backs going down over there in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, I think, is a, you know, can be a shaky potential guy you might want to sit here and there. Uh, at least in the, wow. be- in the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year. Because... Last year, in the first eight weeks of the season, he had six games where he was under 20 points. And, you know, it's not, like, terrible, but it's also not, like, what you would expect for a guy that you're going to be taking likely as the QB three or four around there, uh, or five, like, top five-ish. And I think early on, like, they lost all the running backs. And... It could be a bumpy start for Lamar, so just keep an eye on that. And, yeah, because he struggled at times last year, too, like I said, especially in the first half, and who knows? Like, when things get harder, and especially if he feels like he needs to put himself into dicier situations, because he's going to feel like he has to do more, especially as a runner, I think. And that can that can uh, be an issue sometimes. So he's my fantasy hate uh, for this week. He's got a good matchup, though. The Raiders are not good against quarterbacks in fantasy. Right. I gave up the seventh most points to quarterbacks last yeah, year. Yeah, that one was more of just a general, like, <laughs> keep your eyes out, man. Just, <laughs> just temper the expect. Don't expect them to pop off. Okay. I, All like, right. And if, if that's a gut feeling, trust it. Yeah. Yeah, just just going off last year and and and, and what's happening injury-wise. So... My fantasy hate this year is going to be TJ Hawkinson for week one, the tight end for the Detroit Lions. So he's got Jared Goff at quarterback rather than Matthew Stafford. That's at best an even trade. And then you're – so you're breaking in a new quarterback – who yeah. is going to be playing his first season without Sean McAvoy in his ear telling him what to do and That's, how to yeah. run a pro offense. And he's not only that, but the team that they are playing, the San Francisco 49ers, gave up the least amount of points to tight ends in 2020. So super not fantasy friendly. So you combine those two together, and yes, TJ Hawkinson on the year should be a tight end one option, should be a starting tight end option, and you're going to start him. This week. But just like you, with you and Lamar Jackson, very much temper your expectations for week one with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I'd be surprised if he popped off and had a very good game uh, for the Lions this year, in week one. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Uh, Just you have no idea what to expect with that offense and that whole team, really. When you're shifting... What you had with Matthew Stafford for over a decade, yeah, it's going to look different, and you don't really know what to expect, so temper those expectations. Um, I wanted to, at least before we get off, just finish with a uh, quick on-the-record Pat's record prediction, just so it's we got it on the record, and I feel pretty confident I'm, I'm not going to troll um, I can't even say 12-4 and because there's 17 games now. <laughs> so that, that dream is over. 
My dream's over for that. Uh, you, you go with 12, 4, and 1. Uh, you can call for that's the tie. Kinda, that's kind of tempting, but I'm not going to do that. Um, so we're going to go with, uh, for me, my Pats prediction. I see them going 11 and 6. That's obviously on the higher end of expectations. Pretty high, considering uh, just the level of uncertainty going into it um, with Mac Jones and the new system here. But I think the defense has improved immensely. And I think overall, the talent on the roster is just head over heels uh, higher than last year's roster, obviously, for many reasons um, that we've talked about. And I just think that with a more competent thrower and the amount of talent that has both come back and been added to the roster in free agency, uh, you can do better than uh, seven wins, uh, plus another game as well. I can see them improving by four wins, which I don't think is crazy to think. Uh, I won't say it's crazy to think, but I do think it's a little bit of a stretch. At the end of the day, this is right now, Mac Jones is still an unproven rookie. You can say all you want, you can love him all you want, but at the end of the day, you still don't know what you're getting from him. You don't know what he is. So, for that reason, and because you've got all these new pieces added to the Patriots puzzle, yeah, I, I just don't see them making that kind of a leap. Uh, I, I've said it on Fixing the Talk Sports, so I'll say it again. I like them at 9-8 and eight this year. I think the ceiling... Is where you have them, 11 yeah. and, and 6. Probably right. I think that's the ceiling for them. Maybe they can push for 12 wins if a lot of things go right for them. Things would have to go very well. <laughs> uh, but, and I think the, the floor for them is another 7 and 9 season, or 7 and 10 season, where they just, Mac just does not pan out very well. It takes a while for him to figure things out in the NFL, and wins are hard to come by. But I think the I think the safe pick and the more the the what is more likely to happen is that Mac Jones plays is becomes a solid NFL quarterback, but because you're it, it's going to take some time to get the offense going. I I think nine and eight is is the most realistic outcome for this team. I, I just fair, yeah. I just think that they're not a team that's going to be able to beat the likes of of Tampa Bay and Buffalo and and so forth. And I just I, I feel like they should take care of some teams like Jacksonville and Houston, no problem, in the Jets. But I I don't see them beating the likes of the of the power the current present yeah. powers. Yeah. And for that reason, I think they're going to be somewhere around five hundred. Maybe they'll pull off a couple upsets. Maybe they'll. They'll choke a few games away. Yeah, it's some sort bound of to happen. I mean, it's they're bound to to win some games that they probably shouldn't, and lose some games that they probably shouldn't. But I so all in all, I I find it somewhere around five hundred. But since five hundred, it's pretty tough to do because you got a tie now. Uh, I would true. say nine and eight for the Patriots this year. But in terms of this year, or in terms of week one, I like them to cover that three-point spread against the Miami Dolphins. I'll take the Pats in week one, 26-20. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think they'll likely cover. I think it would be more along the lines for me. I could see like a 21 to like 14. Like, I don't see a ton of scoring happening. I, I think it's going to be like a lot of feeling out for both Tua uh, in that offense and then Mack in the Patriots offense. 
just a lot of like figuring things out, right? So second half, you know, could definitely be the more exciting part of the game just because, you know, you know, it's like you got the monkey off your back and you're ready to go. Now the jitters are out and we could see that. But I don't think the Pats lose week one. Again, we talked about it. Soft landing spot for Mac Jones. Going to be a heavily game-planned, schemed-up game for him and that offense. And we'll see. They got six weeks at least with no Gilmore. So that's going to be a tough stretch just with that alone. So yeah. we'll see how they respond. Yeah. And you don't know what the kicking situation is going to be either. Yep. They choose to the, the go with the rookie, Quinn Nordine, over Nick Folk. Folk's going to just chill in the practice squad. Uh, I, I don't know. He, he looked good at times in the preseason. He looked awful at times in the preseason. So, uh, obviously, he's got a lot more leg to him. So, the di- he's got a more distance to him. But the accuracy remains to be seen. And reliability. Right. And at, at the very least, he could probably take uh, kickoff duties away from Jake Bailey. So, sure. that's something you could, you know, give a... a bit of a breather to Bailey for so you can a breather to a punter they, they yeah. do they do so much hey but like you know the less the less you put on that leg because you know he's like he's like one of the best in the league so like hey if you can have someone else do do kickoffs instead of your freaking punter I mean I'll take that I'll take that but yeah yeah I think uh I think that just about does it here uh on the mouth and off sports show here the flagship show with plenty of other great pods under the umbrella. Fixing to Talk Sports, hosted by, right next to me, Ryan Brown. And The Cool Zone, hosted by Nick Brown and Jonathan Sullivan, talking about basketball and the Celtics. Ryan talks about literally everything. Um, so, literally, wrestling, football, basketball, college football, college basketball, wiffle ball, everything. So, check out Fixing to Talk Sports as well. And Foxborough Files... With Dan Roach, Zach Lacey, and Mike Gaiula. They do great stuff on the Pats. They call themselves pod, uh, from Pats fans, force uh, Pats fans. So that's the kind of content you're getting from them. And follow all the pods on Twitter in the description on the pod page. And Ryan, uh, it's been a pleasure. Go Duke. Fuck Duke.